Yeah, I don't know what's going on. What's up, quality people? Welcome back to a quality pod here on the Quality Life YouTube channel. Thank you for rocking with us. Hey, we got a great show. Smart Christian. Are you a smart Christian? We're, I try to be. <laughs> that's what we're going to explore. You saw we had good old Corey Miner, who is the um, he is the host of the Smart Christian YouTube channel, and he's on our thumbnail because his channel is Smart Christian. And we just wanted to explore a little bit. We're going to be reacting to a video that we found interesting that he put out. Before we get into that, we're going to um, react to an article. So thanks for rocking with us. Make sure that you... To spread practical religion, let's acknowledge some of the quality people out there, starting with Kenya McIntosh. She says, like for the algorithm. Get the One time up. for the one time. Let's see. We got Aunt Cindy in the house. She says, hello, quality peeps. Hello, Aunt Cindy. Yes, the faithful um viewer of the quality <laughs> podcast at least live yes. um i know she watches our, our cut up videos too but if you watch the live you're going to get all the videos for the most part um that we put out because we just kind of clip them up and make them into a package that is good for long form but shorter form content yeah. <laughs> in a sense but yeah Thank you guys for rocking with us. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Um, the first thing that we want to get into is um, it's an article, and it's, uh, it's basically titled, Most Christians Don't Have a Biblical World View. And you're like, what? Most Christians don't have a biblical worldview? What could this be about? Well, we are going to get into that, and we are going to get into that right now. Christian worldview. Most you Christians don't have a biblical worldview. Quality people, this is quality life. Hey, make sure that you... Because <laughs> we're here to spread practical religion. I lost my train of thought. I was just... I was hyping my mind. Right? I was just like, just brain fart, you know? Man, I, I just get... Uh... Hey, but let's, okay. get in, okay. let's get into this quality content. Most Christians don't have a world... A biblical worldview... Um, we are about to read this article and basically just kind of go over um, exactly what this is saying here. Let me see and make sure this is in there correctly. Okay. That looks, ah, oh, it was good. Now it's not. All right, there we go. There we go. Okay. So, it says, according to cultural research, CRC, at Arizona Christian University, over 69% of Americans identity, or <laughs> Americans identify as Christian. So, I mean. Okay, that, I can see that. That looks, that, that's pretty cool. However, only 4% of Americans have a biblical world view. Mm. Whoa. Buns. That's kind of crazy. But how did they come to this conclusion? How can they yeah, tell that's what I was thinking out too. of all the Christians or like, all the people that took the survey, at least only 4%. So. What kind of um, like sample size did they go to and right. things like that? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's read further. All right. A biblical worldview is, uh, is a means of experiencing, interpreting, and responding to the reality of light 
or in light of biblical perspective, so that each choice made may be consistent with God's principles and commands. Hey, I agree with that. In other words, do you sift decisions making or do you sift decision making in all areas of your life through the word of God? I guess that's the big question. The answer is no for most Americans. Amen. As we can see. <laughs> I would I would say yes, because a lot of uh, people, they get wrapped up in social proof and what other people are going to think mm-hmm. um, to dictate their decisions rather than um, the word of God. But then they say that that is their primary faith and that's the lens of with it in which they look through the world. But they're actually looking, they're not looking through the, the biblical lens. They're actually looking through the lens of what they think everybody else wants them to be which is, that's a harmful way to live your life. Yeah, and I would say, even for those that don't look at it for social proof, there are people that are super Mm self-reliant. So they'll be like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, but they kind of do everything on their own, want to do things based off what they want to do. Right. Amen. All right, so it says, where was I? I am disappointed. What? Oh, yeah. I am disappointed as well as we have all seen the negative impact social media, arts and entertainment, public schools and government have had in our lives. Unfortunately, the culture is shaping people more than the church. Whoa. That's a big statement, which it's also true. And you see the, the response from the church is to become more like the world rather than staying true to trying to live out what the scriptures say. So now you see a lot of churches just trying to throw these big concerts where the main focus isn't about transforming people's lives, but trying to reach people by introducing them to things that they would see or get themselves into in a, like a worldly sense, which I mean, it's not bad. Um, some of the things that the world does, it's the way that they do them, right? Mm-hmm. So like music isn't bad, right? Or dancing isn't bad, but the way that you, you know, perform the song, the way that you perform the dance, the way that you express yourself artistically, that is where the the issue comes into play. Like, are you using that unto the glory of God or, or are you using it in a very self-gratifying way um, where everything's about like your pleasure and appealing to your carnal nature. All right, so just recently, we have seen glimmers of hope with students joining together in praise and worship to the Lord on camp or on college campuses across the country. And the movie, Jesus Resolution, is shining light on a spiritual awakening in the 1970s that could inspire this generation and beyond. Perhaps these moments will help us examine our hearts and move us to action. However, it's going to take work in the church, at home, and in our communities. Here's where we should start. Now, before um, we get into what they think about where we should start, where do you think we should start? Don't look at the article. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think it all goes back to the Bible, like prayer and Bible. I think that's where it should start. Yeah, I would agree. And like um, it mentions up here a little bit that... um, It says it's impacted entertainment, public schools, and government, as well as like social media and arts. And so, again, like these things aren't bad, right? It's the way that we're utilizing uh, these things. So it's like the the tools 
are good, right? You have hammers, you have screwdrivers, you have wrenches. But if you have a wrench, but the what you're trying to fix requires a screwdriver or a drill, then you're not going to be very successful in, you know, building something or putting something back together. And so you have to apply the right tools um, to the right situation. All right. So this is where they think they should start. Christ's followers should study God's word daily. Ask the Lord for his wisdom. I agree with that. Check. The church must disciple providing wisdom from the word of God about today's critical issues, such as the sanctity of life, marriage, family, justice, and treating others with love and respect. So I agree with that. Practically. The The church has to continue to... Or continue the heavy lifting of going out into the world to preach the gospel. So yeah, I agree with that. But I also um, want to add that it's the it's the manner in which we do it as well. And so if you go back to the one before that, he says, or whoever's writing this article says that um, the last thing it says, um, love and respect, like treating people with love and respect, which is the highest commandment that Jesus gives us. And if we're going out to preach the gospel to say, hey, you all are sinners and we're banging like the book over the head with them and telling them like, oh, y'all are horrible people, like that's not very hopeful. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, that is like a reality, but you have to give people hope. And when you present the gospel in a hopeful way and in a loving way, such as Christ presented it, is like, yes, he's telling you the truth, but he's also saying like, hey, there is hope. The hope is through me and you can find joy and you can find peace in me. And again, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. All right, a family that studies the Bible together can better weather the storms of life. And that's going to be true. Because, I mean, anybody who is collectively, and when you study the Bible together, right, it's not about like saying, okay, here's the Bible. This is what it says. Everybody's on one accord. Like, do this, do this, do this. But like when you study the Bible together, you should be having like a conversation and having a dialogue. And this is what we encourage for the quality people um, out there. Um, This is why we started the platform, to have quality conversations with people um, and talk biblically um, and have a community of people who can communicate in the chat and through their biblical, you know, worldview, like we're talking about today. Because everyone has different perspectives. Everyone has different ideologies, all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, we have different perspectives because we're different people. We all have Mm -hmm. different things that make us tick, that make us mad, that make us happy. Uh, We all have different talents that we can present unto the Lord and... Just because you see things one way doesn't mean that somebody else is seeing, you know, it the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like we're all looking at Jesus on this mountaintop, but we all have kind of different views because we're at different points on the mountain, right? Even if we're on the same like plane, I could be on this side and you could be on this side. But we also need to communicate so that we can get a fuller picture of who Jesus actually is. Mm-hmm. Our identity must be in Christ, not race, gender, or culture. We must cling to God's righteousness. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, I like I that I think too. that one's my one of my favorites. <laughs> right. It's like, are you following the logos or, uh, where you are basically 
the well, are you following Jesus as the logos where you are free to expand into eternity, right? Or are you being confined by your race? Mm-hmm. Are you being confined by, you know, your gender or the culture in which you are living? So even American culture, right? Like we think everywhere is supposed to be like this because we we're kind of spoiled and we take things for granted. But if you go outside of, you know, the Western world, there's a, you know, a lot of poverty. There's a lot of things that you, you, you may not go somewhere where there's just Wi-Fi everywhere. You may, may not be in a place where there's running water everywhere. And so things that we take for granted on a daily basis, you know, people are often like their, their identity in that sense is a lot different their re- or their reality, not their identity. So I'm getting low on battery. So we are going to finish this article. We can't take any of these actions seriously without first examining our hearts and beginning with each of us, willing to repent before the Lord and acknowledge our shortcomings. The United States of America is primed for revival, and yet we must first repent. God wants us to do this work, but we must place ourselves at the foot of the cross. I think that's a good place to end our uh, article there. And I, I like how he, or the author, I'm still not sure who, who wrote the article, <laughs> but um, I like how the, the author puts an emphasis on repentance. That was a big mm-hmm. topic of conversation in our, uh, in the sermon that was preached on Sunday by our pastor. And like, that's a big thing, but also knowing how to repent mm-hmm. as well is a key ingredient because people think it's like, oh, I say I'm sorry to God and that's it. And that is a, no, that's not how it works. Repentance is about, okay, it's like I was just off the mark there. And so now I need to figure out how to, you know, be more on the mark. And so the way I always think about it is like, it's it's kind of like math, right? It's, I learn addition, and then I learn, and then I can learn multiplication. And then once I learn like addition, multiplication, and all that good stuff, then I can maybe move on to algebra. And then after algebra, like I can move on to calculus. And like math builds on itself, it's like building blocks. And so once I got addition down, right, I don't, I, I should be good, right? I don't, I shouldn't be sinning with addition, but we do sometimes as Christians. It's like, yeah, we got addition down. We got multiplication down. We even got algebra down sometimes. Like we've kind of mastered it, but sometimes we make those silly mistakes just like you do in math class and you have to go back and check yourself um, because you may have made, you know, just a simple uh, misstep when adding like five plus two or two times two or whatever the equation is. And so um, repentance is about Okay, I got the I got this silly mistake wrong, right? Let me make sure the next time I'm faced with this situation that I check my work, right? And mm-hmm. that I'm more well for it's not about works because I don't want to use that and have people think that it's about works. But I check like where my faith is placed in, um, the processes that my faith is placed in, and so that I can move forward and become better because I don't want to turn back to old ways, right? I don't want to have to go back to you know, doing my timetables is like we're we're past that, right? But a lot of people will fall back into old same patterns because they're, you know, not being faithful enough to progress forward. I have a question for you. All right. So if 
So if you were having to be, okay, if you had to be repentant to God like right now about something, mm-hmm. and let's say the topic is you lied. So how would you go about repenting in that sense? Well, do you have to, the way to, so, oh, so like lying basically. So like you lied. Well, yeah, I I get that. Yeah. So it's, you're saying basically lying. Mm -hmm. So yeah, lying is a sin. And so what you would do is say, okay, I, I'm a liar. And what do I need to do to not be a liar? It's like, I need to tell the truth. Right. And so you have to continually and consciously, um, always tell the truth until all you can do is tell the truth. And so you have to keep going through that process of, okay, I, maybe I told a small lie today, maybe I told a big lie today, but I'm uh, incrementally improving until I am without sin. And so you can think about it as like, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard. It's like, okay, I keep getting close to this bullseye, keep getting close to this bullseye. And then eventually you hit it. And when you hit it, it's like, okay, I know what it's like to hit it. Let me see if I can hit it again. But you might miss. But then there's some archers that are so good that they virtually almost never miss. And that's your aim. That's your goal when it comes to um, being without sin is uh, let me make a practice of um, or let me repeatedly do things in the will of God so that I am without sin. Um, so that I am not sinning. So the best way to get over a lie is to, you know, turn away from lying, right? Is to push yourself into telling the truth no matter what, no matter how hard it is. Okay. I think, um, yeah, that's good. That's practical. I think how I typically go about repenting, I guess, is like, I know you said usually you guys don't, or it's not just about like, oh, hey, God, I'm sorry. Right. Turn from my ways. Um, I kind of see that as like, you do kind of say sorry in a sense because it's like, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, God. Right. Forgive okay. me, change my heart, and then go into the practical ways that you mentioned. Oh, yeah. So I'm not saying that. Um, so I should have said like, it's not only like the I'm sorry, right? The I'm sorry. Because like you can tell somebody you're sorry. Yeah, and I really mean it. Yeah, you just said I'm sorry out of formality, right? But it wasn't heartfelt. It wasn't sincere. And so the way to be sincere in your repentance is the same way that you are sincere in your apology. It's like, okay, I recognize what I have done. And moving forward, I need to not make that same mistake so that I'm not apologetic in the so I, that I'm not forced into being apologetic in the same way. Mm-hmm. That so, makes sense. Yeah. But that is what we think. Well, we got some points to get to before we get out of here. So yes. our first point, uh, Kenya is... Revival begins with repentance and repentance starts with humility. And my Bible verse is Proverbs 22, 4, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches, honor, and life. All right. And then my point is, oh, I guess it didn't, I guess it didn't pop up there. All right. So my, my Bible verse is, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so We have to, in order to have a biblical worldview, in order to be repentant, we need to constantly, you know, wash ourselves with the word um, of God, with the word 
that is Christ, uh, like we like we studied earlier this week. Like Jesus is the Word, and so when we're constantly doing that, then we're actually starting to become more like the Word. We're starting to become transformed, and so when we are repentant, we are sincere in our apology. All right, we're able to turn away because we're becoming more like the Word, and so when you're hearing of, uh, from the Word, you're able to do that which is the word. So that's why I said that. I don't. I think I actually didn't even add a, a point there because I was busy today. But that's what we think. We want to know what you think down in the comments. If you're watching this on the replay, you're going to want to check out this video next because YouTube recommends it personally. If you're in the live chat, we will be right back. But until we come back, remember, don't be Beta. So the alpha and the omega. Like for the algorithm. My computer is acting up. My computer died. And that way, we shouldn't be machines of man-made ideas. Rather, we should take what God has blessed us with, right? The identity that God has given us and maximize it according to his will, according to the values that Jesus laid before us. Quality Hangout, we are back. We got some quality comments. That's a fact. <laughs> oh, I botched that. I botched that. Dan, no what more happened? freestyling. Just like for the algorithm. Just like for the algorithm. We'll work on the bars later. I do have um, some so a new song that I worked on, and I think the bars are fire. And uh, maybe if I get the beat, I might perform part of it on uh, profitable conversations and like break down some of the lyrics and why I wrote it. That's uh, that, that might be one of the sections. Ooh. Anyway, let's get down to the quality comments. So on Cindy says, the distance between salvation and... What does that say? The Not is 12 inches. Is 12 inches. That is the distance between the heart and the head. The distance between salvation and not is twelve inches. Oh, that and is, not. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I was so confused. Okay, I just I was reading <laughs> that weird in my head. Okay, um, my mama prophets. Oh no, this is a. She said <laughs> the the chat's moving fast. We are praying for your computers, right? To act right. Yeah, thank please. you, thank you. Oh, did they hear that? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Okay. Repentance should bring you to tears about disappointing God. His grace should also bring you to tears acknowledging his mercy is new every morning. That's yes. good. It's not even new every morning. It's new every moment. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it's like, yeah, it's it's restored every single moment. It's like, okay, I literally just sinned. Oh, I, I have grace to not do that again. I don't have to fall back into that because of God's grace. So, yeah, I like that. That's Amen. good. I was staying on this point. Miss Sonia, this is a public invitation to have you on Faith and Beyond to talk about repentance. <laughs> oh! <laughs> next what? month. Next month. <laughs> well, we, we, you need one for... I, I can only do once a month at this, at this point in time. <laughs> you only do one Faith and Beyond a month. Yeah, at this point. After school. Uh, 
Once school is over, then. Who needs school when you have faith? <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see who else is in the chat. Let's see. Ansundi says, sadly, the culture shifts and there are no absolutes. Yeah. So the culture is just. Uh, it's and it's not it's it's good that the culture shifts because we're constantly learning new things. There's constantly new inventions, new ideas. The problem is what we do with the ideas and what we do with the new information that we learn. It's like are we holding them and using them in like with biblical virtues, using mm-hmm. using our biblical you know worldview. Um, and as a society, it's generally no because people are. Um, generally wanting to appeal to their carnal nature, to the lust of the eyes, to the pride of their life, and to what's the uh, pride or lust of the flesh. And so, yeah, sadly, there there's no absolutes. Um, and in a sense, there there isn't because we, we're always going forward. But there is absolute certainty in the way of Christ. So that's where I would Amen. that. Amen. Amen. All right. What else do we have? Constantly said, a hammer works every time. That's the Bible. Amen. <laughs> and then we have Mama Prophet Let's saying, go. I publicly accept it, accept it. That's Let's cool. Go. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we have a video. Oh, well, let's, let's talk about our tea that we're drinking. Inya just doesn't drink tea anymore. I do. It's like she's she's only gonna do one Faith and Beyond episode. <laughs> she doesn't drink tea anymore. She's just she's just she's slipping. Oh no. She's just slipping. I wanted water today. I was thirsty. And yesterday. Yeah. Mm. I'm just dehydrated. But when are you gonna drink tea on quality? I'll drink tea tomorrow. No, not if you don't want to. I'll I'll probably want to. Oh, do you, you just know that? Mm-hmm. Is it predestined for you to do that? It is. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, we have a, a video. Hey, Smart Christian, I want to talk to you about something that I think we all need to, from time to time, check ourselves on. Have- That's not the video. This is the video. <laughs> this bird can sing. Sing! Yes. That's a bird. You're listening to this in the podcast app. Amen to that. Wow. I was sent in by Aunt Cindy. Nice. Does that make you want a bird that can sing? No, that was kind of (laughs) scary. I think I would just be freaked out. It's like. What 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 are you thinking about when I'm not looking? Like you plotting and planning something? Yeah. As That's soon fair. as as soon as you don't feed it, just you know, <laughs> it's crazy. All right, we're gonna get into our second topic, the smart Christian topic, and uh, yeah, we're gonna keep this rocking and rolling. So let's do it. Angry Christians, are you angry and Christian? Is that even a thing? But we're going to talk about it today. Quality people, this is the quality life. Make sure that you... Because we're trying to spread practical religion. Now, 
Corey Miner is a fella that runs <laughs> a fella. I've never used that in my life. Uh, he's a guy who runs a, a smart Christian YouTube channel. Uh, some people despise him. Some people love him. Mm, some people really? are in between. Um, I think he has a good heart, and I think he puts out some good content. I thought he was and, pretty solid. Yeah, I think he's pretty solid. He tries to look at the Greek and uh, be true to um, what the Greek is saying. And so he put out a video, I think last week or the week before, basically saying like, hey, why Christians don't need to be angry, even if you have a right to be angry, even if it's righteous anger, there's a way in which we should do that. And I want to kind of analyze the first um, couple minutes of this clip because I think it can add tremendous value. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Smart Christians, I want to talk to you about something that I think we all need to, from time to time, check ourselves on. Have you ever seen, have you ever noticed the angry Christian? And I mean the Christian who may, in their mind, may in their heart, may think that what they're doing is correct, and maybe they are, but maybe their approach is not the correct way. In today's culture, especially on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, it's easy to be upset with people who may push out bad doctrine um, because you're getting inundated all the time with people with foolish things that are happening. And so you might want to, um, because you're angry, and it might even be a righteous anger, a righteous indignation, you may want to lash out and push back. Hold up. Yeah, so I think that's a really good point because um, we are so quick to, you know, just do what Peter did and you know, draw our sword at somebody who disagrees with us because we think we have it all figured out uh, doctrinally when it comes to scripture or or just, just being right in general. And it, social media doesn't help because you can hide behind, you know, a keyboard essentially. Mm-hmm. Even an if, avatar. Even if you have your picture as an avatar, you can still hide behind the fact that you're not face-to-face with mm-hmm. that person. And so a good rule of thumb is... You should always respond in a way that you would if you were face to face with that person. Now, if you would still be aggressive <laughs> and mean in that manner, then you still got uh, you got more issues than <laughs> than just you know being mean or being nice. Like you need your heart to be transformed, yeah. and we should uh, pray for them. But there's also a way to respond, and Corey Miner gets into that. But the way we do it matters also. Not that we do it. Sometimes it matters that we do it. Sometimes we ought not do it. But there's really never a bad time to defend the gospel. Now, there's always, though, there can be a bad way to defend the gospel. That's great. And he's about to get into Ephesians 4.25, but that is an excellent point because there's never a bad time to, you know, preach the gospel, to show people the way. But there absolutely is a bad way of doing it, especially if you are, you know, doing it in an aggressive way, going out and saying, hey, you're just, you're no good. You're going to go to hell. You're a sinner. Even though you say we're all sinners, it's like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. And that's mm-hmm. where, you know, people who aren't believers, that's why they think a lot of Christians just are, you know, they, they they don't like a lot of Christians because they're like, oh, you say everybody's a sinner, and then you're going to call me a sinner for going to hell, but you're somehow going to heaven even though we're all sinners. And it's like, yeah, 
is because that's that's the only way you preach the gospel. Like you're not preaching a message of hope. You're not preaching uh, how Jesus can transform your life. It's like, yeah, we are all sinners. Yeah, we need to recognize that. But you have to give people hope, and the hope is in the way of Jesus. Paul says in Ephesians 4.25, he says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbors, for we are members of one another. So therefore, Amen. it's okay to let someone know, hey, what you're doing, what you're saying is incorrect, at least as far as I believe. Now, it could be, though, that what you're saying, what you believe, you're the one in error and not the other person. Yeah, and, and notice he said, as far as what I believe, and because mm-hmm. we're all trying to sharpen ourselves to become um, more like the Word, more like Jesus, and more like Christ, and... We, we aren't there yet. None of us are there yet. And so that's why we need to come together. That's the, the real purpose of church is so that we can sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron. But we need to have dialogue even when and to you know disagree on things is a good thing because that means it's like, okay, they have an idea that I don't have and we're looking at this thing two different ways. So how can we come out of this getting a fuller picture of you know the gospel with uh, this disagreement that we have yeah and i think it it could be more beneficial to ask a question or ask thought-provoking questions rather than trying to invoke your own ideas or beliefs on somebody that way that conversation can happen well yeah it's like you need to engage in a curious way it's like okay well why do you why do you believe that because Mm -hmm. if you just tell them what you believe is true right then you're not speaking to the reason that they believe what they believe or what you believe to be wrong. And so you can't administer the gospel to them in the correct fashion. Mm-hmm. But it does matter how you approach the person. It does matter what you say, how you say. Our knee-jerk response, it should not be to attack or destroy the person, but you need to build the person, Amen. to correct the person. But sometimes we start at the highest level of intensity and then hopefully work our way down if the person agrees uh, publicly or privately. But more importantly, if they agree quickly, the quicker they agree, the less of our ire they'll receive. But there's a reason why we're saying this now. There is a difference. There is a difference between talking to the person who is a false teacher, false prophet, a wolf, versus the person who is being deceived by them. When we do So he's saying there's a difference between talking to, um, you know, the person who is a false prophet and the person who is being deceived by the false prophet. And I think, of course, like they're in two different positions. So yeah, you would approach the situation in a different manner. But what we are trying to do is the same, essentially. You would approach it in two different ways, but at the end of the day, we are trying to steer that person in the way of Christ by administering the gospel. Uh, That doesn't mean we do it in the same way because, again, these two people are um, in error in different ways, right? But um, the the aim, as far as what we are attempting to do, uh, is to spread the gospel. So we need to remember how we do it. And by the way, it doesn't really matter if it is the, the person who has evil intentions or the person who's just not sure, just maybe ignorant of what's happening. Paul says this, he says, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be a really nice, soft word. Sometimes it can be a stern word, but the point is to edify. The issue is this. 
when you come with guns ablazing and with knives out, the person sees that, hears that, feels that. What is their natural inclination? Hold up. Right. It's our purpose should be to edify in everything, like every engagement that we do when we're administering the gospel, whether, you know, somebody's coming at us, you know, just in a very rivalrous way where they're just like, yada, 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 you Christians, you Christians, we should still approach it uh, by saying, like, how can I edify this person? I mean, there will be a point where you're just like, okay, like, mm-hmm. this is, I just need to leave this situation. It's not good for anybody. But when we're engaging with people in anything that we do, it's like, how can we edify? Because if we draw our swords out like Peter, right, Christ is going to tell us, hey, put your sword back. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, chill out. It's like, that's not the right, that's not the right way to fight this battle in a sense. Their natural inclination is going to be to, to, to do two things. One, to be defensive, to protect themselves of what's coming. And then two, to push back with the exact same force. What if you do so and you're in the wrong and they push back with the same force? Well, you're not going to like it. No one will. Now, a good rebuke, if it's godly, amen. But we need to remember how we do so. Saying something strongly does not mean because you say it's strong or you think that you're strong, doesn't mean that it's sanctified. It's not. Also, it's like, yeah, you also got to be aware of like when preachers are saying things in confidence mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, like I like what he's saying. Or, <laughs> I, you really just like how he's saying it. Yeah. And so that's why here at Quality, we always say like, hey, your journey is your journey um, and your walk with Jesus is individual. All right. It's not supposed to be a carbon copy of your favorite pastors or how your church or your church's creed, right? It's like those things are good and those things should be pointing towards the way of Christ, but you need to get in the book to understand it for yourself. And having a fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding is that the fear of God, the reverence for God has to be above anything because if the reverence for your church body and your church's creed or the reverence for whoever, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a, you know, celebrity and entertainer, if that reverence is above God, then you won't begin to understand, right? The reverence for God has to be at the top because that is the beginning of, you know, all understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean that it is of God, set apart from God. It does not mean that. Sometimes in our anger, in our force, we think that we are really doing the right thing. And sometimes really not. It's hard. It's hard Amen. to know when to speak Amen. like a lamb. Sometimes we got to be a lion. It's hard to know when the right time to do this. Jesus did it perfectly. We, not so much. Remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Let's remember peace. It's okay to be at peace with people that we disagree with. Patience. You remember patience, the way God treated you, how God treated you, what he used in treating you with patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. These are the characteristics that comes out of an actual believer Gentleness, self-control, raging at people all the time does not show self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. So therefore, and that just reminds me of the way, like the the Stoics um, teach, right? And a lot of men today are into Stoicism because it, like, it's about uh, being mindful before you respond to situations. It's like don't just react. It's like, think about the appropriate way to react to situations. And that's very attractive to young men because 
it allows them to live their life in a more disciplined manner and to not be so reactive and impulsive to, you know, their anger, their wrath, or whatever it is, you know, sexual impulses, whatever the thing may be. But the Bible's telling you the same thing as well. It's not only telling you to have self-control, to have patience, but it's telling you to be loving in your manner, even when you disagree with people, right? Be be kind to people and um, just that 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 is the fruit of the spirit that is what's going to lead to uh the uh, a fruitful life and a fulfilling life we ought to try to emulate that even when we're dealing with bad doctrine now that should be the first thing that we're looking at not necessarily attacking the person but attacking the doctrine that the person is speaking of that might be heretical all heretical doctrine doesn't come from heretics heresy can come from a person who's just ignorant sometimes of the word of God. They don't know any better. But then when you when we attack sometimes, and maybe I've been guilty of that, I want to make sure that people understand my heart as well, that if I say something, if I say it uh, a little harsh, uh, and it does the, the one thing that I don't want it to do, which is to push someone who might be listening away, well, then I apologize. We should all be willing to admit that there are going to be times where you say things or do things not in the best light. As Christians, first and foremost, you need to be humble. Recognize that at some point in time, it's going to be on you. The attention is going to be on you. But when you are the one putting the spotlight on someone else, your motives matter as well. How you handle things is just as important to God as that you handle things. And so that's where I wanted to end it. How you handle things is just as important to God as how you handle Wait. (laughs) If, wait. I forgot what he said, but basically, um, or that you handle things, how you handle things is just as important, uh, that, that you handle things essentially. But yeah, so we got our points here. Uh, Kenya's points first is. There's a fine line between being bold and being harsh. If possible, oh, Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And I picked that one because I think if you can be peaceful with others, even in the midst of anger, that is the perfect example of grace, which, you know, Jesus exemplified for everyone. I, I would agree. So. My point is smart Christians operate in love even when they completely disagree with another because this is the commandment of Jesus. And so my verse that I had is John 13, 34 through 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved me. And so if you want to know that you are... Jesus' disciple, it's by the manner in which you love other people. It's not whether you go out there and you cut somebody's ear off like Peter did. It's like, yes, there might be civil discourse, but if you are operating in the Spirit, um, that Spirit is going to guide you, it's going to give you wisdom, it's going to give you discernment, and you must always remember to operate in a manner of love because that is the commandment of Jesus and that is how we are to be recognized as his disciples. But that's just what we think. We want to know what you think. 
Leave it in the comments. If you're watching the replay, make sure you check out this video next because YouTube recommends it. And until next time, don't be beta. Beta. the alpha and the omega. Like for the algorithm. between loneliness and being alone oh please tell us why you decided to well why is this your point like mm -hmm. what are you thinking yeah so as i was watching the video it kind of brought me back to when i felt lonely and there was a point where um i'll get into like my story a little bit later but there was a point where i was like okay I'm on my walk with Jesus, I'm on my walk with God, I'm kind of studying like loneliness, being alone kind of thing. And I learned that loneliness is more of an emotion, whereas being alone is like your setting, is it's it's where you are currently, like if you're like alone in your apartment right. or something. It's something that you're doing in the present. Yes. Yeah. So and I learned like God works through you when you're alone like when you're alone god has the opportunity right. to honestly do whatever because you're Transform you have me. no yeah. distractions you have nothing that can hinder that interaction right there it's so like that's that's their secret place yes yes yeah so that's my big takeaway is i think if people understood that there is beauty in being alone but understand you have to be purposeful in that in that moment alone too. Amen. After that, so you had a Bible verse as well. Yes. And it was Isaiah forty-one ten. Yeah. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I chose that one because, I mean, I feel like it's the opposite of what loneliness feels like. Like you feel like you're well, obviously alone. You feel like no one understands you. You feel like you're kind of weak. Right. And I think that Bible verse, like the opposite, it's hopeful. It it shows how having God in your life mm -hmm. can turn those things around. Farewell. It's time to get on out of here. We got a couple questions. Quality people, make sure you leave a five-star review if you're listening on the podcast app. Hey, these podcasts, get people are, are getting some downloads. So shout out yeah. to y'all if y'all are listening, wherever you're listening, in your car. We're on Spotify. On your drive. On Apple Podcasts. in your room. Google Podcasts. Well, I guess. You're naming all these places. I'm talking about where people listen. I, know. At, you know? <laughs> I mean, both, you know, both. Because you can be in your car, but you might want Spotify that day. You might want Apple, Apple Podcast. Who's paying for all that? It's free. Well, it comes with our one of our subscriptions. Yeah. We have too many subscriptions. <laughs> Topic for another day. Sonia Profit, Mama Profit, says... 
Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your raft. That's Ephesians 4, 26. Amen, Amen to that. Um, and that was referring to, you know, our last conversation that we just had about being an angry Christian. We want to be smart. We want to be smart Christians. Um, Aunt Cindy had a verse as well. She says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be slow to speak, slow to wrath. There's another part of that verse. Maybe it goes into 20. Um, and quick to listen. That's the, that's the other part of the verse. But yeah. So it's saying like, hey, hold your tongue. And James talks a lot about like bridling your tongue. <laughs> My mom says, uh, cursive writing is a dying art. Yeah, you ain't lying about that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just going back to this, it's like uh, James talks a lot about bridling your tongue and making sure that you can control your tongue and not letting uh, out of the same you know mouth come blessings and curses because you know fresh water doesn't flow with salt you know water. salt water and things of that nature so it mm-hmm. gives some good analogies there but also be slow to anger um, and that kind of goes back to you know what the stoics were talking about in that day um, was hey let's respond in an appropriate manner and rather than being so impulsive to you know what our feelings are telling us in the moment so be slow to anger or to wrath uh, and assess the situation like is this really a big deal or is this just me getting all worked up you know and even if it is a big deal you know just responding out of anger may not be the appropriate way to handle something that's a big deal you might uh, be counterproductive in your I guess in your approach to handling that situation so yeah, I like that. But you also want to be quick to listen because when you when you listen, you can take in information. And the more information you have, it's kind of like getting having a game plan or having a scouting report. The more information you have about the situation that you are facing, then the better you can handle that situation going forward. All right. Oh. Mama Prophet says, love the display of the comments during the break. That's pretty cool. Thank you. Shout out to the producer over here. Yes. Well, Kenya actually chose the font, so she you get a... Yeah. yeah. I was like, what font should we put here? She was like, I don't like the font. And I was like, I mean, I mean, I, I can make things look cool, but I don't always know exactly what like works. details, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like I'm good with the graphics, but like the fonts and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I just like cool looking fonts, and that's not, that's not always the appropriate choice. But yeah, quality people, this has been fun. We're 52 minutes in. We'll be back tomorrow, 9:30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so if you're watch- listening to this on the podcast apps. We do stream these episodes live on YouTube, generally at 9.30 p.m., uh, but if we're not live, all of our schedule, or all of our times are posted on our community tab on YouTube. So come on over, uh, be part of the live chat, and if you say something quality, then we will comment and put it up on the screen, read it, and you will be a part of our production. So, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? Be blessed. Mm-hmm.
nice and sweet. Guys, we will see you tomorrow. Until then, Gilly, God is always with you. <laughs>